You're listening to the VJ Books Podcast, produced by vjbooks.com, the premier seller of signed books. In every episode, we chat with an author, discuss an upcoming book, or give you tips on how to start your book collection. Make sure to follow this podcast on your platform of choice to get the latest updates, and subscribe to us on anchor.fm for ad-free episodes. For just a dollar a month, you can get exclusive ad-free episodes, plus a monthly discount code usable on anything in our store. Enjoy the episode. Our guest is Kevin J. Anderson, one of the most thoughtful and prolific science fiction and fantasy authors. We're talking about one of his latest works, Sands of Dune. And right now, Dune's in everybody's mind again because of the new part one movie that came out last year. Uh, picked six Oscars up at the uh, Oscar. You've spent so much time in the Dune universe. How did that all begin? Well, it all began when I think I was 10 years old and I read Frank Herbert's Dune for the first time. Uh, as, as a kid, I, I wanted to be a science fiction writer. I, I was reading uh, Ray Bradbury like crazy. I was reading Edgar Rice Burroughs. I was, I was Arthur C. Clarke, just reading everything. But everybody kept mentioning, well, you know, science fiction, you got to read Dune. But, you know, Dune is, it's this big fat book. And I was just a kid and it was a little scary, but I got a copy of it, an old ace paperback that, that has this big, a big or bright orange spine, but a big sandworm on the cover. And I went, Ooh, sandworm, you had me at sandworm. So I, I read that book and I, I just fell in love with it. And I mean, I loved that. Of course, at the time, what I read was this adventure story of Paul Atreides out in the desert and he's, he's being hunted down and, and there's sandworms. And, and so I read that. And then I read Dune Messiah and I read uh, children of Dune. I think that was when I was in, in high school, I wrapped all that up and I just loved this universe. I, 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 Frank Herbert really showed me how, what science fiction could be because like previous I was reading Edgar Rice Burroughs, which are when you're, when you're 10 or 11 years old, those are great and they're fun. But there, there's not a lot of rich, political, philosophical, anything else in it. And so I, I really liked what Frank Herbert did. And then later, uh, when I was, I think, a freshman in college, he came out with God Emperor of Dune. And that was the first hardcover book that I ever bought with my own money. I, I think it was like $12 or something at the time, but but I there's no way I was going to wait for this new Dune book. I wanted it now, so I bought that. Um, and then, you know, we've late, and then I, I had read everything else of Frank Herbert's, all of his other novels and everything. Um, and then he eventually came out with Heretics of Dune and then Chapter House Dune. Uh, and then Frank got pancreatic cancer and passed away fairly quickly after that, as, as pancreatic cancer does. Um, and so I read his last Dune book, Chapter House Dune, and it just ends on a Luke, I am your father kind of cliffhanger. It's in the middle of this big adventure. And I went, well, he's not done, but he's not with us anymore. And, and in the, in the background and after all of this, I, I published my first novel, Resurrection Inc., and then I published another trilogy, and then I published a bunch more books, and I got um, uh, nominated for some of the major science fiction awards, the Nebula and the Bram Stoker Award, and and then I started working for Star Wars and X Files, and and you know, just kind of building up my own career. And about I don't remember what the exact date it was, something like ten years or so after Frank Herbert had passed away, that. 
I just kept thinking about, well, how does this Dune story end? And um, I knew that his son, Brian Herbert, was also quite an accomplished science fiction writer of his own. And in fact, the very last book that Frank Herbert wrote was a collaboration with Brian, Man of Two Worlds. And so I kept waiting for Brian to write the end to the Dune story. And finally, uh, through a mutual friend, I got Brian's address and I just sent him a letter out of the blue. And I just said, you know, I'm, I'm such a huge Dune fan. I'm expressing all this. And I, I said, are you, are you going to finish this story? Because I want to know how it ends. And if you're, if you're not, could we maybe work together on it and the two of us try to figure it out? And he waited a, a couple of months because he was, I guess he was doing sort of a NSA deep background check on me or something and, and, and checking me out. But then one day uh, the phone rang and he just called me, called, called me cold. And, and I started talking with him and we're, we're having a conversation and we just hit it off immediately and my wife was in the room and she's listening and she said, after about a minute, you guys started speaking a different language. We would finish each other's sentences and and uh, pull up obscure details of Frank Herbert's soul catcher or some some something that we'd go. Uh, so it pretty clearly figured out that that we could hit it off, but also that we that I wasn't just some guy who thought, oh, well, Dune sold a lot of copies. Let's do another one of those. I mean, that I was deeply passionate, not just of Dune, but of all of Frank Herbert's work. And so I, I flew up and, and stayed with Brian and we kind of brainstormed the whole trilogy that, that would become House Atreides and House Harkonnen and House Carino, uh, which, which by the way, we just made it as the day that we're recording this, uh, we just made a big announcement that we're doing a, a 12 issue comic book adaptation of House Harkonnen uh, for uh, Boom Studios. Wow. Uh, they just did 12 issues of, we wrote the scripts uh, for House Atreides, and now we're going to go all the way through House Harkonnen and House Carino. So Sweet. so I'm going to be busy writing a comic script every month, but that's <laughs> that's cool. Um, anyway, we we plotted out this whole thing because Brian, Brian thought that his dad just wrote in his head that he had like had marked up copies of the books, but he didn't didn't have any outline or anything that they they knew about um but then right after brian and i got together to do all this brainstorming the estate attorney was wrapping up frank herbert's uh estate details because it had been 10 years or whatever and they're they're boxing everything up and they called brian and said uh we've got everything all packaged and ready to go into storage and what do you want us to do with these two safety deposit box keys we found and and Brian didn't know anything about the safety deposit box keys. And uh, so they went, it was a bank in downtown Seattle. And in fact, it was so old, they actually had to drill out the locks to get it open. And there was some um, jewelry and some recipe cards and photographs and letters. And this dot matrix printout of Frank Herbert's uh, outline for Dune 7, the grand finale. And... You know, you got to. He had pancreatic cancer, and I he must have known he had to get something down, or or he might have uh, had to send something to the publisher because they they had already bought the book, I guess. I am, um, I, I'm not privy to all those details, but uh, so we had that, and it was like this real roadmap for for where we could go. I mean, it was it was you know 
sketching out events. It wasn't a a chapter by chapter. This is mm -hmm. exactly what happens, but uh, it was like, oh well, that's where he wants it to go, and that's what he wants it to uh, to be the big bad guys and how it's supposed to end up. Um, and so we had right right after that, we then sold our house trilogy to Bantam Books, and it was a very significant contract. And and uh, then Brian could be a full-time writer now. He had previously been a, an insurance salesman and running his own company. And so they they needed to remodel part of their house so we could have a writing office. And they have a three-car garage. Uh, and like anybody who has three-car garage, it's you park cars in two of them and pile junk in the third one. And they cleared out the third one, all the, all the junk, so that they could remodel it. And after they took out the old bicycles and lawnmowers and boxes of baby clothes and things uh, they found up in the rafters this big xerox paper box that had frank herbert's handwriting on the side that said dune notes and inside that there were like three thousand pages of uh you know he always had these cool epigraphs at the top of his chapters like, it, like, like pages of those that he had written up but he never used anywhere and he had chapters that he had written but he cut out and he had outlines for old versions of Dune, and he had um, you know, just all kinds of notes for things, and and it was like discovering the Dead Sea Scrolls, and and you know we had um, we published a book called The Road to Dune, which has a bunch of those uh, notes in it. Uh, we had uh, on the old Dune website, we had hundreds of pages of those up that we'd put for all the fans to look at, and that well the server's gone and we lost all of that stuff. But, and it's just interesting things that gave us ideas, the springboards of stuff that, that we have now done. I'm sorry, I didn't even check. I think we're uh, 15 Dune novels now, but the, the book that's coming out in June is called The Sands of Dune. And uh, I actually should back up a little bit because we're doing this big, huge, ambitious trilogy that starts with the Duke of Caladan uh, and the Lady of Caladan, both of which are out now. And the, the climax of that trilogy is called The Heir of Caladan. That comes out this October, I believe. And all of that is the story of, of House Atreides, the, like the year before Dune starts. It's Paul is 14, and, and uh, it's all kinds of political machinations and Duke Plato getting involved in things. And, and, and if you know Dune, basically, how did this little House Atreides get, get uh, positioned into running the most empowered important planet in the universe and how did how did uh, the Harkonnens get kicked out after 80 some years of running it and and so that's all that that story so that's our big um it's like a half a million words all, all of those books together but even though we've written all these giant stories and big epics not every story we come up with needs to be 600 pages long and so over the years we've come up with well, here's a cool idea for this story, and let's let's explore that one. And we would do a short story or a novelette or something. Um, there's one called Blood of the Sar. So, the the Sands of Dune is a shorter book that just collects, uh, I think, four of the novellas that we have written, and it's just like like little snapshots of different things. And it's kind of like the hors d'oeuvre tray coming around before they serve the big the big dinner. So. Uh, one of the stories uh, we realized that nobody had ever done a story about the background of one of the Sardaukar. How did they become these most fanatic imperial troops? And where did what drives them and all that? So we wrote. Um, it, it's a very tiny in the novel Dune. 
a Sardaukar um, Bashar commander after Duke Leto has been, um, he's bitten down, no, maybe it's before. I can't remember exactly what, what the time is. It's, I think it's after Duke Leto uh, has, has crushed the poison tooth and, yeah. and nearly wiped out everything and, and Battle of Arakeen is over. And then the Sardaukar, there's a commander who comes in and speaks to the Baron. And he says, the emperor sent me to make sure that Duke Leto meets an honorable end, that you don't torture him, that you don't do any funny business because I have honor and Leto has honor. And the Baron goes, oh no, I didn't do anything. And and, um, our story is where we thought, well, why don't we tell that character's story? And where did he come from? And how, so he's really just got a couple of lines in Dune, but but we just use that as a springboard. Uh, we'll mention that Shadow Meets has a, a, a very wonderful character study in there, and there's some other machinations that are just just wonderful. I I just want to thank you so much again for all your wonderful work and for taking the time with us today. Uh, Kevin J. Anderson, one of the nicest guys I know, and uh, also one of the best authors we'll ever run into. Any final thoughts? Well, I just, I, I love writing and I love telling stories. And I, I love the fact that a lot of readers enjoy them as much as I do. Thank you so much. And thank VJ. You take care. Thank you.